All right, what's good, everybody? This is another episode of Solve the Game. You know, I'm your host, Cam Winston, with special guest, Devin Dickens. What's up, bro? How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, it's been a minute since I seen you, so, but, you know, just doing a, just doing a check-in, like, just how, how's everything been with you? How's everything going? Honestly, life after graduation has really been a blessing because I don't know, like, the main thing I notice is that just waking up in the morning is such a blessing. And I know that's something that we don't really take for what it is, you know, like, we don't really see it for face value. Because even if I had a bad day, I was blessed to have a bad day, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I got my first job after college um, working in Atlanta. I work at a women's rehabilitation center and veterans homeless shelter. So basically, um, we're actually Atlanta's top recovery center and homeless shelter. Um, we serve women with children, veterans, and women who are just looking for long-term recovery from the cycle of poverty, addiction, and homelessness. Mm. Um, I work as the executive assistant to the CEO, so I have been gaining so much experience, not only in the nonprofit world, but just business in general, and just how the world works for real. And, and how's, that, how's Atlanta been treating you? Atlanta's an interesting place. Uh, it's definitely one of a kind. Um, you know, I would say being in Atlanta showed me how much Californians take for granted. Like, we have so many little luxuries in California. Like, the fact that we're that close to the water, the fact mm -hmm. that things that are illegal in other states are so normalized in California. Like, we just take so many things for granted. And I don't know, my love for California grew in Atlanta. Really, that's, that's interesting. I feel like, because, you know, I've been in D.C. for... Uh, I was in D.C. since, like, July, so I just got back, like, a week ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just like, yeah, I can't wait to leave California. Like, I I'm, I feel like I'm done with California. Oh, so you came back to Cali and you were like, wow, it's weak. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always, like, I mean, I, I want to go visit family. Uh, my sisters have been in D.C. for probably, like, the past 10 years now. And I, like, even when I was, you know, before college and everything, like, I was, like, really thinking about, you know, going out to D.C. and going to school out on the East Coast. Um, but, I mean, when you look at that out-of-state tuition, you're just like, yeah, we're going to stay in California for sure. Because <laughs> yeah, that Fullerton like tuition is, like, way cheaper <laughs> than out-of-state. I feel like D.C. is a place where it's just, like, a real culture out there. And that's not to, like, say that Atlanta doesn't have a real culture, because they do. But I feel like D.C., like, you really get immersed in culture, like, the fact that they have go-go and the fact that they have like af like Afrocentric culture is really dope to me. And I feel like it, DC is a place that's really one of a kind. Yeah. I, I love DC, man. That's like, that's like really what I tell people when I go out there, it's just like, you, it's definitely like a whole culture. It's a whole vibe. Like uh, just like, you know, being around, like just being around black people, it's just like, it's always something to do. Uh, I mean, it's once in the city, so it's just like, it's just a whole vibe and just a whole culture there. Like you feel it once you're there. So it's like, I was just like, oh yeah, I kind of want to go here. But for sure, I think I've also uh, come to the conclusion. I'm just like, you know, there's many opportunities outside of California. And I want to like maximize as much opportunities and not limit myself uh, 
just to th- try to think like, oh, I have to make it in California, you know, as much as I can. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's one thing too. That's that's why I was kind of itching to leave California because there is this kind of pressure. I don't know, like we should name it. I don't know, like the Mark Zuckerberg effect or something. But I feel <laughs> like in California, you feel like you have to just be this like this successful individual like you know what i mean like if you didn't make a hundred thousand this year like you're a loser like yeah california i just feel like there's a lot of competition i feel like in california it's like even like signing up for colleges like you know that we're kind of like trained like to be like the best student you gotta be not even just smart but you have to have good extracurriculars like Mm. I don't know. I just feel like in California, even though we're very chill, like to other states, like CSO, like this very chill, mellow state, people just sit on the beach all day. I feel like we really grind in California. Like, I especially Southern California, I feel like, you know, I get a lot of like New York vibes, like, you know, like really like grinding. Like, mm-hmm. SoCal, Southern California taught me a big part of my hustle. Like, if you don't grind, you don't eat type of mindset. That's, that's interesting. I I never thought about. It. I mean, you are because you are from you know the Bay up north, so yeah. I would actually only spent like a little bit of time up in the Bay, and that was when I was younger. So it's like I didn't get as much experience from that. So I mean, what how would how would you explain? Well, how would you describe things are up in the Bay really? In the Bay, it's so much art. Like I feel like everything in the Bay Area is artistic. Like from not even just like from like street graffiti and like urban art i would say even if you look at silicon valley like the way so much of the world or so much of the bay area is set up is like it has a design to it it has like a a certain way things work in the bay and it's so diverse like it's like the real type of diverse like in my elementary school i grew up with tongans filipinos blacks mexicans Salvadorians and everything in between. Like, like I'm talking like, like it wasn't just like, oh, like there's like, you know, 10 Asian kids, five black kids and a hundred white kids. It's like, no, like there's like island nations here. Mm-hmm. Like, it, was dope. it was really cool. And like, we would always have like potlucks. So like, I would always try diverse food. So I was a seven year old that wanted to eat sushi and like, the real, like, I really, like, I wanted, like, the real sushi. I wanted raw fish. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was amazing. I would definitely, if there's one city in the world I would raise my kids, it would be somewhere in the Bay. On the Bay. So you feel like, so would you say there's more of, like, a, more of a culture, uh, more of, like, a culture in a community type setting in the, in the Bay compared to, in the Bay compared to Southern California? I would say the communities are more tight-knit in the Bay. Um but I feel like even in even in Southern California, like it's I would say it's uh it's more intertwined in the Bay Area. I feel like in Southern California things are a little bit more like segregated in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like if you go to Laguna Beach, there's like no black communities. But in the Bay, like if you were to go to like I don't know, like a random affluent city. Like you would, you wouldn't just find one race there. Like you would find a lot of affluent people you know, mm. in the community. But I don't know. I feel like SoCal. That's the one thing I kind of didn't like about it is how 
ununified it was. Like even at Fullerton, like Cal State Fullerton was a great example of exactly how Southern California is. Like there is like black communities and they're very tight knit and they're very accepting and dope. And then outside of that little pocket, there are just like these other groups who were like their own group. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, Southern California. I I my it's de- definitely very interesting. I feel like I mean I just see a not speaking on like a black community, I'm just speaking like in general sense. I see a bunch of just like bouginess out here to be honest. That's that's just my opinion. I feel like everybody kinda like I don't know, it's weird to say I feel like everybody like has to has to prove to themselves that they're somebody and like that puts a lot of pressure on a lot of people too. That's the thing though. I don't know, because I feel like when people flex in LA, like I feel like they most times like they really have it. Like you know what I mean? Like they like they're bougie, but they're like they can back up their bougie. In Atlanta, people out here are bougie and like they have like this sense of like self-importance like they kind of like they don't have I feel like bougie people in LA are still somewhat nice and if they're not like you know like they're not gonna be nice in Atlanta they will put up a facade that they're nice and like you know they like their their social media presence might be one way or the way that they kind of brand themselves might be one way and then when you work with them or you meet them they don't have any type of like personality like humanity mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I feel like that's just a big thing that I've noticed in 2020 is that people care more about material things and like things are like physically have monetary value than actual people yeah and we could even see that with the current state of policing like if we really look at it the police at their best are bodyguards for property and wealth They don't really serve and protect the public the way that they should. And I know people are going to say, well, you know, the stats say that more white people are killed by police than black people. But that's another thing. Like, people don't look at ratios versus, like, actual numbers. Because if there are 100 white people in a city and and 10 black people in a city and 80 white people are killed, right? No, no, no. Let's even say let's say 25 white people are killed out of that 100 and 19 black people are killed out of that 20. Mm. Yes, there might be more white people that were killed, but there's a higher percentage of black people that were killed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't even think that's a solid argument for people to say, well, more white people are killed than black people by police because nobody should really be killed by police. It's 2020. If you can de-escalate a whole uh, school shooter who's armed and dangerous and mentally unstable, you can pretty much tame any situation at that point with the right training. Yeah. Like nobody should have to die but at the hands of police, especially if they're unarmed. Like it's 2020. Yeah, and I that's where, you know, whenever you try to argue that, of course, the main argument that comes comes about is black on black crime. And it's just like, yo, like that literally is not a thing. Like it's just literally crime. It's like Right, it's proximity crime. More people, you're gonna, you're more likely to die by somebody who's in your direct proximity, i.e., someone of the same race, because even white people are killed higher at higher rates by other white people. Latin people, Latinx people are killed at higher rates by other Latinx people because proximity crime exists. Black on black crime is not real. It's just crime. It's just crime. 
And it's like, it, I, I, like it's literally just a whole. I mean, real shit. It's a whole racist st- st- statistic. You know I mean, like, especially with how it's used, it's just like, well, one, I have never in my life heard of Mexican on Mexican crime. You know, or <laughs> I've never heard that. But like, you know, I've heard many times black on black crime. And I'm like, what? Like, that's not a thing. Like, like and people aren't also people aren't just killing. People aren't just killing people because oh you're black, so I'm gonna go out here and kill you. Like, no, like, just, it just doesn't even make sense. Like, but I don't know. Like, but I mean, there's a whole ass system of, and you know, portion of population of people that really is, like, just enjoys to live in ignorance, and it's 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 amazing. It's just amazing to see. Yeah, especially out here in Atlanta, I really was expecting to to have that Karen moment or to have, you know what I mean? Like that moment where somebody did me dirty, you know what I mean? Said something, did something, acted in a such way. And the funny thing is I have two stories about that. The first is that I was at the grocery store and there was this couple and they were very, I don't know, they gave me, they gave me vibes. Like they were like looking at me, I'm going down the aisle, they're staring at me. I'm like, hmm. Let me go to the deli. Like they, they, they giving me vibes. Um, so then I go to the deli. They damn near followed me to the deli, and I was like, "What?" Like, but still, like, not really paying it that much attention. Like, I'm really just minding my business, trying to grocery mm-hmm. shop. So I asked, um, I asked like the little pharmacist at the window where their shaving kits are. Like, I needed a razor and shaving cream, and I had like I left my cart to go ask her that, and I had came back to my cart. And that couple was like literally standing over my cart, looking inside, like as if they were like counting every little thing that was in there, you know? Mm. And so I had a mask on, but still I think my facial expression like beamed through the mask to where the guy, he was like, oh yeah, like we just were wondering where you got these pretzel pretzel buns from. They look really good. Have you tried them? And so instantly I was like, wow, like they were just you know, trying to ask a simple question, you know what I mean? So, like, I had to, like, take myself down a couple notches, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, I, and like, it was, like, a funny thing, like, oh, like, they really just wanted to know, like, because I had got, like, these pretzel buns look bomb, like, they had good taste, you know? Um, and so, like, <laughs> so, I was just, uh, I explained to them, like, where I got it and that it was my first time trying them. And so, it really just let me know that, like, there are cool people, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the media does do a lot of hyping, you know? Even I'm not saying that to say that, like, racial profiling and that racism isn't real, but that at the same time, too, I had to check myself, like, you know, like, everybody is not out to get me because I'm Black. And I feel like that's a really big thing that I had to learn is because there is so much trauma porn on the internet. Like they will, they will, people will retweet so many things of like black pain. People Mm -hmm. all day long, like just, and act like it's normal for us to be watching people who look like us get maimed and mutilated. Yeah. And I feel like that trauma porn is very insensitive. And I have been doing a lot of unfollowing of people who just post like gory pictures or like these insane stories. Because if you're not being part of the solution, if you're not coming up with ways on how we can stop this, I don't want to see it, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't mean I want to be blind to it, but at the same time, I'm trying to heal from a lot of these things that I've been seeing all summer. You know, like, it's, it's, it was affecting me in my day-to-day life where I can't even go to the grocery store without thinking, damn, 
they follow me because I'm black. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have to get me. Like, no, nah, they just want to know where I got the pretzel buns from. It's all <laughs> good, you know? Um, but I did have a situation where I was trying to buy a car. And this guy, he has like a private lot. But the way Georgia's set up is like, people have really big properties. Like your front lawn looks like a park. Mm-hmm. So I like had to drive down, down, down this lot. Um, trees. I swear I saw a noose. It was crazy. Uh, and once I see, okay, it was like an electrical wire that was hanging. But the way it was hanging looked very suspect. You know what I mean? You feel me? You feel where I'm going? So I'm like, uh, and, a, and a family member is the one who told me that he's like a, you know, a good guy to buy a car. He's real cool people. So I'm like, all right. I look at the car. It has a whole ass Trump Pence 2020 sticker on it and a Make America Great sticker. When I tell you I wanted to hit reverse so bad, but the guy, I was having a conversation with him and he started crying. Like he was like, you know, telling me that, you know, God brought me here for a reason and that he's so happy that I came to look at this car and like all this biblical stuff, you know, and so where it was in a really weird situation. And it made me look at it though, like, you know, this man, he's really, you know, trying to be cool with me. You know what I mean? Like he's really like trying to have a whole conversation and, you know, really feels like God brought me here, you know, some divine intervention but he has a Trump sticker, you know what I mean? And to me, I just feel like if you support someone like that, then you're like that, you know what I mean? Then yeah. you, you condone that. And it just wasn't sitting right with me. And the one thing I can say though, is that as much as there's like pure racism, there's also just pure ignorance. Cause I feel like that's what racism is at its core is like a fear of knowledge, a fear of getting to know somebody of another background and I didn't buy a car from him I couldn't I couldn't support that but I also like don't hate that man for having a Trump sticker as much as I just like I'm able to compartmentalize it you know I'm able to put him over there like you can stay over there you cool but I know where I'm not about to put my black money at (laughs) no I want and I want to circle back on a when we were like your first story when we were talking about um just how you thought those people were following you you're about to have like a whole Karen moment I mean it's it's really crazy how like for black people like our mental health, mental health is so bad where it's just like we're uneasy to be like we're so uneasy around like certain situations where when it comes to white people where it's just like it has this tense up like and we don't know what's about to happen next like I've talked to so many people where um, they say like, you know, they are very uncomfortable like having conversations with white people or being in like a room full of just nothing but white people. And it's just like that said like that says a lot where it's just like, you know, there's like there's so much trauma, but there's so much psychological damage done through like, you know, just through all of black people, and like all generations of black people, no matter what. It's just like there's so much shit to unpack where it's like we are just trying to like we're just trying to live our life and but at the same time it's like we can't really like not think about the negative side of just like oh this is like these people are racist because we, we can't really trust everyone you know you can't really trust everyone exactly and i feel like especially when it comes to 
like the burden being on us to have to explain how certain things are racist, you know? Because I feel like a lot of times when we do have these dialogues, especially like on the internet, and we say like, hey, having cornrows in your hair and calling them boxer braids is racist. Like it's, you know, it's, and they, and like, they'll try to minimize it always. Like they'll just say, oh, well, how come you can get braids and I can't, or, you know, you know what you, you know what happens like when you see that picture of those Melanesian kids, the black kids with blonde hair, you already yeah. know what they're talking about. Like, you know what I mean? Like you already know what conversation is going down. And I feel like I'm done arguing. Like if you want to learn and you're serious about ways that you can be anti-racist, I'm glad to point you in the right direction. But it's just exhausting at this point. You know what I mean? It's exhausted having to keep explaining. No, yeah, I see. What we see. Oh my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. But <laughs> I see, uh, I like, I see so much, uh, like, argument. Of course, like being on Twitter, I see so many arguments and stuff. And it's just like the people I follow too, um, like Jamel Hill and everyone. Like, of course, those people are just like are prone to be prone. Are people are, that are prone to get uh, attacked by white people that don't you know believe in racism? And I like, I kid you not, I've seen so like I saw someone uh, the other day. Cause, you know, since you know, sports, the sports are making their social justice movement. Uh, uh, I was, it was the Tennessee Titans, and Ryan Tannehill was speaking, and he and he was saying that, uh, he was saying like, oh, like there's a problem, there's a problem in this country, and like, you know, this country was founded on racist principles. I, and a whole beat writer, I think he was a Miami, the person was a Miami Dolphins beat beat writer. He was just like, where are these racist principles that you're talking about? America was never founded on these racist principles, and I I'm did, like. I and he, and people are just like, uh, what are you talking about? Like, there was literally, like, a whole, like, a whole... Like, three-fifths compromise? Yeah, the whole three people were like, I don't know, maybe the fact that Black people were seen as chattel property? And I was, and he was like, nope. He was like, that, that, if you actually read the Constitution, it says all men are created equal. And I'm just like... But who is the that It just said, because it says that it was only meant for one group. And not, not even white women were, were even a part of that group. It's like, you have white women excluded... Black people, of course, excluded. Native American excluded. Mexicans excluded. And those are the type of things I can't even interact with. Like, when I tell you, I think some people do that stuff, like, knowing exactly what they're doing just to get a reaction. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's just so much playing dumb going on right now. Like, watching, watching so many things go down in 2020 has been, it's been exhausting. You know yeah. what I mean? It's been like, you know, I'm not somebody, I've never been like the Corona police. You know what I mean? Like if I see people turning up at a house party, I'm really not mad. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I do believe that if you're in public, you know, you should, you should do your best to, you know, wear a mask. If you're not wearing a mask, at least, you know, cover your sneeze. You know what I mean? Wash your hands. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just the type of person where I just feel like, don't be disrespectful with it. You know what I mean? But then I feel like there's some people who have been picking and choosing the things that affect them. Like, for instance, I was at the post office and, like, I totally did not have a mask in my car, but I needed to ship some stuff out, like, that day. It was a Saturday. They were about to close. I needed to get stuff done, you know? Mm-hmm. They kicked me right out the post office. So I was like, you know, I'm sorry. Let me go get a mask. So I go right down the street to get a mask. And... um. As it's like my turn to pay and stuff, you know how like they have the card readers. 
I had a Lysol wipe with me. So I like take out the Lysol wipe and I'll wipe down the card reader as I put in my pen. You know what I mean? To, you know, clean it. The post office worker went bad on me. He was like, you cannot do that. What are you doing? Da, 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 da. And it's like, and to, to put the icing on the cake, the worker who was right next to him had his mask under his chin. So it's like, okay, if you're going to kick me out for not having a mask, you can't be mad at me for also wiping down and disinfecting the card reader. And you should also check your, your coworker right here who's not even really wearing a mask. You know, I feel like this whole epidemic pandemic situation has been a lot of I'm going to pick what offends me. I'm going to pick what I'm scared of. I'm going to pick what I feel should be implemented. And that's it. Mm. Like, Corona's only real when they want it to be real, when it benefits people. And I don't even just mean people in power. I mean, like, literal workers at stores. Like, you're not even wearing a mask. It's under your chin. Yeah, it's bad. This pandemic has really just shown me it's just like damn like just to say like all like for sure in America like we're spoiled and we're we're some brats for sure like that's everybody it's just like we can't just follow something so simple that the rest of the world could follow it's just like I mean you saw I mean you've seen the video of course of course of uh, Wuhan in Wuhan China where they're having a they had a whole pool party concert I mean that's where the virus originated from it's just like they're they're back to living and doing you know daily things and it's just like we're trying to do daily things when it's like no like we still aren't we since day one we weren't even really like listening to to things because i mean it's just when it political you know political politicizing this whole virus was the worst thing that could happen i don't know why they had to treat this like a whole i, I swear politics i don't know why they had to treat it, treat it like a whole sports uh, sports teams like but it's so one side or the other side. Like, yes. you believe that the that the virus is real and you're a leftist Democrat, or you believe that it's fake and you're a Republican. But at the same time, I feel like if we could have agreed on one thing in the past 10 years, it really should have been this. Because there are so many countries that are, you know, getting back to a closer real life mm. because they followed what they should have did. And it's just, it's, it, it's mind-boggling how we can spend trillions on weapons of mass destruction and all, all these catastrophic, chaotic things. Um, but when it comes to paying people to stay home and, you know, pause the rent, you know, pause utility payments or cover them for people, it's like, mm, scratching my head, scratching these pockets, like, we can't make it work. What what do we pay taxes for? I'm not, like, I'm just being so serious. The fact that we pay these taxes, like, so much money comes out of my paycheck every check, and most of it is going to what? Like, if there is one thing I'm happy to pay taxes for, is public safety, public health. Like, making sure that, you know, we, we're coming into hurricane season, and there's people who, are, who have been out of work, haven't received any money, and now what are, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. It's just so so many things are backwards. I think, I mean, I and I think this is a perfect, also just a perfect way to like just shift to our you know voting our voting discussion because you know for me it's just like you know for me it's just like you know we're again voting in another election where it's just like oh 
people are just like split on who to vote for, which it should be a no brainer who to vote for. I mean, I understand, I understand like the whole Biden criticism and the whole Kamala criticism, but I'm just like, yo, we have this dude that's been running the country for four years and look at what, look what's been happening. And I, at the same time, my, at the same time, right now, my biggest focus right now is just like, all right, who's going to get us out of this pandemic? Who has a plan? And I'm like, I'm looking at Trump that has been dealing with this since March. And what are we, where are we at? Oh, we have a whole unemployment crisis. We have a whole job market crisis. They know jobs. We have a whole, you know, how like homeless, cri- homeless crisis is on the, on the whole, whole bunch of businesses going out. Of crisis. Like, people, like this is like the highest um, suicide rates have been. Yes. And how sad is that? That people are like, um, one of the producers, I cannot remember her name, but one of the producers of, uh, I believe it was an NBC show. Um, what was that show? Uh, she was a she was a major TV producer, and she literally took her own life because this pandemic and everything that was going on with Black people and just the whole chaos of 2020 was too much. Like people are like, "This is it for me. Like I can't go another day." Mm-hmm. It's so sad because so many of the things that are going on right now are so preventable. Like, how preventable is it for people to not shoot unarmed Black people? That's something that's preventable. Stop shooting us. Stop killing us. Mm-hmm. I just like, just like, hey, that's why I'm saying it's, it should really be a no-brainer, like who to vote for. It's just like, you know, let's just let's just grind out these four years of, Bi- of Biden, and then and he's so old. Like I just feel like, okay, if you vote for Biden, you might not even have to deal with him for that long. That's all I think, and I. I mean, that's what, that was my whole thinking with whole like I, I you know I was a whole Bernie Bernie guy, so I was going for Bernie. But I mean, for people that's like, oh, he's too old. I'm just like, well, look, he's gonna pick someone very you know qualified as the vice president. So if he were to pass, and then rumor had it was gonna be a black woman too. I was like, if it were to happen, well, look who look who would take up the mantle? Oh, a black woman. And like, Bernie, you know, he's not like your typical Democrat either. He's not that shady liberal who's pandering for black votes and then forgets and scratches his head the next moment like yeah bernie sanders is somebody who really has backed up what he says and like stays consistent like he was saying black lives matter back in 2016 you know what i mean where other other people who were running for president could not even get the words out they were like "Mm, (laughs) i don't know and i feel like there's a lot of you know, internal misogyny and a lot of just just backwards thinking when it comes to Kamala because she hasn't done anything that most politicians also haven't done. But mm-hmm. I feel like because she's a black woman, things are so highlighted for her. So people are saying, you know, she's a cop and she put away so many uh, black men in prison and she's just, you know, she's just so evil. And it's like, did you also know that she's part of the people who are trying to get private prisons taken out of California and who is trying to actually help prison reform? Like when you're the DA, like that's literally your job to put people away. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was her job to do that. Like, so what if, you know, I mean, and you know, I'm hey, ACAB, all cops really are bastards. Like that's, you know, I'm somebody who believes that. But I also believe that we can't just, we can't just do her dirty and not keep that same energy for other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I even said, like, when she was announced the vice president, I, 
there was so much backlash. But I was just like, yo, I was like, let's be real. Y'all were going to dig if I dig any dirt on anybody that was selected, any black woman it was. It, it didn't matter. Like, I, I could see it because it's like, no matter what, we complain every single day. I'm just like, again, what Trump has done and what they have done is, or at least she, what she has done, not even on the same level. Not even on the same level at all. And again, like, I, see, I see so, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was like, I see so many people like just trying to tear her down. Like I saw some, it's like, oh, she's not really black because of her, her Indian side. And it's just like, yo, I was like, what? I was like, so, when all this stuff, I'm just like, what is the point? What What are you getting out of this? Yeah, what are you getting? Oh, wait, she's not fully black. Oh, nobody, but like, what? She looks like she identifies and presents herself as a black woman, and not only that, she's a black Indian woman. So, I mean, and she went to Howard. Experience, yeah. So that's even more of of a you know of a character you know what i mean and not even just to say like that like oh because she's multiracial she has more experiences than other people it's just the fact that wow like that's such a beautiful thing to say like hey we have the first black indian president but i don't know i just i'm i'm at the point where i feel like 2020 had to happen like we had to have a year like this for people I really, I really wish we didn't have to have this year. I mean, it's just, man, it's been terrible, man. So I was like, of course, you know, I got rest in peace, Travis Boseman, because like that, I was a mess. That that, that affected me because I'm just like, damn. I, I actually wrote a story about him. And I was like, it actually, while I was writing, I was like, kind of getting brought to tears. I was like, wow, I can't believe this man is gone. It's like, this is, but I was like, but I, but everything that has happened is just like, it's like you can't. 2020 is not even letting you let up. It's just like there's not been a moment that has gone by where it's just like something bad hasn't happened, you know? But, I mean, just like seeing – I love seeing um, the NBA boycott boycott those games uh, and then just other sports following. Not to the WNBA. Yeah, let, I mean, yeah, I was about to say, let me give respect to the WNBA first because – my apologies – because they've been on this shit since day one. <laughs> Yeah. Like they didn't just post that black square on Instagram and say Blackout Tuesday. Like they really have been showing up and showing out. Yeah, that's really dope. Um, and I just feel like you know there are a lot of people who have been very performative. You know, you know when those celebrities get on those videos and they're like, "Only we, only we, only we mm. can stop can stop racism," and it's like. Okay. Okay, but open your wallet and donate <laughs> to the bail funds. <laughs> um, but no, that's been a that's been a big reason on why I felt compelled to write a voters resource guide mm-hmm. um, because it's something that I feel like really matters right now. I feel like voting, like we can't just we can't just go out in the streets and protest. We can't just be on social media and retweet hashtags. Like yes, those things help, and yes, those things are awesome because they help spread the awareness and help empower our voices. But beyond our voices, we need to really utilize the power that we have to vote. We have ancestors that have died for their right to vote. Like they went out to march for their right to vote. Like they had to pass tests and say that, hey, I'm smart enough to vote and pay a poll tax and have to go through so many things just for their vote to sometimes not even be counted. Mm -hmm. And that's not even to say that voter suppression is dead because 
even here in Georgia during the primary elections, there's people who waited out in the hot sun for six hours and were told, hey, we ran out of ballots. This is too bad. And so I collected so much information and I taught, you know, I was able to teach myself and educate myself on so many different aspects of voter suppression and ways that we are literally silenced at the polls. And the biggest thing that I've seen is that we just don't believe that we have that power. Like, what's the point of voting? Like, it's just going to be, it's, it's already fixed. We already know who's going to win the presidential election. That's like the number one thing I hear when it, when it comes to our power to vote. And it's just so sad to have that defeatist attitude because even if you, even if you take the presidential election out, the local election matters so much. Like we, we scream and we retweet and we, and we are passionate about arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor. All, all those three men who need to be arrested, the people who are supposed to arrest them and press charges on them are voted in. And that's a local election. Like your attorney general is not in the, is, he's not the president. He's gonna be on your local ballot to vote in or vote out the attorney general to vote for your mayor, to vote for your city council. Those things all matter. And I feel like us as marginalized communities, communities that have faced so many different aspects of systemic racism, we have to change the system. We can't just sit there and be mad anymore. We can't just say, oh, I'm not voting this election. That's my protest vote. Don't use your silence. Your silence is not your most powerful weapon right now. Your voice is. And it's just so sad because when you look at the the counties and the and the regions that they take out um, and reduce uh, polling places uh, in Georgia, seventy five percent of the polling places that they took out were in predominantly black neighborhoods. You know, you you tell people that they need to have an ID to vote because you know that Native Americans who live on reservations don't all have access to the DMV because you know that people who live in rural areas like the deep South, like deep black South, don't have the money and resources to take off work and go sit at the DMV all day to go get an ID. So when you have things that go on that can be, that can be addressed, but we're so busy being mad that we don't address them. Mm. So it's up to us, especially this election more than any time in history to go out there and vote, to make a change. It's not even about Trump at this point. Like at that, at this point, Trump is a distraction for the other things that are going on. We need to control who are our attorney generals. We need murderers arrested. We need to change the prison, the, the school to prison pipeline industrial complex because it's affecting who can and can't vote. And just to let people know, if you're a felon, you, you're not always prevented your right to vote. A lot of felons can vote. As long as you're not actively on parole or probation, you can vote as a felon. If you're a first time felon, you can vote, but they tell us these things like, hey, felons can't vote. If you get a felony, you can't vote. They tell us these things like, mm, your vote doesn't even really matter. But if your vote didn't matter, why would they try so hard to suppress it? If your vote didn't matter, why is it that we're only in our second and a half generation of black people being able to vote freely? <laughs> Not yet. That's, yeah, I, I was gonna talk about the whole suppression thing because I know you. I saw you arguing with somebody about <laughs> about it, and just like, you know, like they really do. That's what, and I, when I look at people, when I talk to people that don't vote, I'm just like, you know, and I was like, look, I understand you, 
And if you don't want to vote for the president, that's cool. But it's like, like you said, like there's other, there's more important things that on that ballot than the pre- president themselves that, you know, directly affect you, especially when it comes, especially with props, especially when props are, are here too. And it's like, there's so much research that's done. It's like, but a lot of people don't, you know, go in depth, you know, research, you know, who's running for, you know, who's running for what, um, the props, what they actually stand for, why you, you know, why you should vote yes or no on them. Um, and even think, and even just thinking about how, <clears throat> how much, how much they suppress, you know, the black vote and just, you know, other marginalized people's vote. I mean, there's a reason why they won't, uh, they won't, they won't allow DC and Puerto Rico to be, become states for the United States. Cause they know like, if those two, if those two regions were to become states, I mean, it's like, it shifts the whole, it shifts the whole, you know, there it shifts the whole favor for them. Exactly. I mean, like DC has a 46% black population. Yeah. And it's like, people need to also realize too, not every white person votes. So even though there might be more white people in America, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the ones who control the vote because in a lot of aspects and a lot of instances, the runoff, like the, like the gap between what would have been a yes and what would have been a no, what would have been a win and what would have been a loss is so small. And black people don't even realize how much power that we have. And it's not even just black people. It's like I was saying, like Native Americans, mm-hmm. uh, Latin people, um, people who are, um, who are immigrants, people who are transgender um, because due to ID laws, like there are so many different communities that don't understand how powerful their vote is. And I just feel like 2020 is that year. 2020 is that awakening year. Like all these people sitting on quarantine have been, you know, just kind of like silently noticing. Cause you know, like back when unarmed shootings would happen, like back in like, let's say uh, the Ferguson or even like the uh, like, yeah, Brown. Yeah, yeah. Or even um, Philandro Castile. Mm-hmm. When people would see these videos, but they'd be like, oh, there's probably more to the story. Or, uh, it's not all cops. You know what I mean? And this is so rare. Yeah, but I feel like to see so many back to back to back to back to back just this summer alone and see how peaceful protesters are met with bullets. Peaceful protests are met with tear gas. There's been a lot of awakenings. And one thing that was really so dope to witness was in Portland, the Wall of Moms who were all of these women who said when, excuse me, when, um, ooh, I'm so sorry, I'm blanking right now. Uh, when he called out for his mom, mm-hmm. when he had his, yeah, George Floyd, when, yeah, you know exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. When George Floyd called out for his mom, they said that when he called out for his mom, that was a cry for moms everywhere. And there was white moms, there was Asian moms, Pacific Island moms, Latin moms, black moms. There was moms of all colors who did the wall of moms and were guarding these peaceful protesters with their bodies. And to see the police shooting at people's mom, like it just goes to show you when people say blue lives matter, I don't think they really realize what they're saying because there's no such thing as a blue life. There's a blue vest. You know, you can put on that blue uniform. You know what I mean? But when we say Black Lives Matter, we mean that because we can't take off our black skin. We can't take off our Afros. You know what I mean? We can't take off the things that people hate us for. 
And all the police have to do to be respected is stop killing innocent people. Actually serve and protect. So especially when, you know, when people bring up things like, oh, well, defunding the police is just not going to work. Look at Chicago. People love to bring up Chicago. And it's like, The funds that are given to the police right now, they even, they're not even succeeding at their job. So it's like, why? We're quick to defund the arts program. We're quick to defund after school programs. We're quick to defund so many things that are actually beneficial for society. Yeah. But when we look at a force of people who are not doing their job, like look at LA, look at LA, uh, LA city uh, and the things that they're doing uh, with the mayor, with the police chief, with all of those things that happen in Santa Monica, you just see that, you just see how much corruption there really is. Yeah. And it's sad that there's people that keep siding with the wrong side. And at this point, it's almost like, it's almost funny in a way, and not, and I don't mean that in a way that it's like humorous funny, I mean, like, there's so much irony because how are you the same people that say, like, you know, wearing a mask is impinging on my rights. I'm going to go to the Capitol building with my gun and defend my right for not wearing a mask. People are protesting peacefully that nobody should die unarmed, that Black people should not be targets and shooting practice for police. And they get upset. They get upset. They get upset. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, for me, when I'm looking at it, it's just like, it's a whole brainwashing tactic that they've literally accepted. And like, that's why I'm like, if if Hitler was here, I mean, we kind of do have a reincarnation of Hitler, but if Hitler was here in America, I'm like, it wouldn't have been that hard for, you know, for that, that same thing to happen in America. It like, makes sense. Like, growing up, you know, like, you look at the Nazi regime and you're like, how did that many people just get brainwashed into thinking that these innocent people were really evil? Mm-hmm. And now that I'm an adult and I'm looking at something very similar going on, I see that it's not that easy. It's not that hard to brainwash people it's really not and so i realized that you know that there are people who are very conscious like there's very there's people who are like emotionally just drained from looking at all this so in june i teamed up with my friend hannah who's a yogi and i wanted to offer free yoga and breathing exercises to the black community and other people who were affected by you know like the trauma porn that was going on mm-hmm. and so it was a really great experience Um, For actually a few weeks, we were able to offer this program and just bring new people in who just can like de-stress every Thursday night and just, you know, let it out because it was becoming a lot. Like it wasn't just the the shooting videos, but seeing the protesting videos of like innocent people losing their eyes because they got shot with rubber bullets or, you know, people with asthma who died because of the tear gas. Like, you know, to see like that much trauma going on is traumatic itself. And so it was good to offer like that type of healing because, you know, like healing doesn't always mean you have to take a pill. Healing doesn't always mean that you have to go 
like, you know, do like psychotherapy. Sometimes healing is just taking a minute to check in with your body, take a deep breath and just let it out. And so it was, it was a great experience being able to do that because I'm a very solution oriented person. Like we can sit and talk about the problem all day, but let's, let's use at least a little bit of that energy to find the solution, to find at least a way to get to the solution. Mm -hmm. And so after that, um, a lot of people, you know, ask me like, you know, like what else do you do? And so I like, I'm very into astrology. Um, I'm very into energy healing and just, you know, holistic health. And so I offer, you know, birth chart readings, aura readings, all type of like, you know, healing vibes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that was actually a great thing to start really doing because I had, pl I had planned on doing it before I graduated. Um, just like, you know, I was gonna come into the AARC and just like, you know, like say like, hey, like who, you know, who's interested in this? Cause, but I, I like stopped cause I was like, mm, I don't think anybody would care. Like, I don't think anybody's like, cares about astrology or like energy healing. Like they'll probably think I'm just like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, you know? <laughs> but then actually to see like the response, like a lot of people from the arc were people who were like, you know, my main contributors, my main supporters who were like, you know, like actively like still get readings to this day, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool to experience that too. Like, cause I feel like, you know, like spirituality and religion are very personal things. And like, everybody doesn't always talk about it, but that doesn't mean that everybody isn't some type of spiritual or some type of religious, you know? Yeah. And so it was really, it was such a good experience to deal with that this summer. Um, and now I'm back making candles. Um, this is like the best, cause I make them from scratch. Um, and this has been like the best, like series of candles that I've made yet. Yeah, it smells so good. Um, and I was actually able to get another website up and going just for the candles alone. So it's like a lot of a lot of fun, new things, revised things going on. Yeah, I mean, and if you can, can you, uh, of course, drop your, you know, where you can find your candles um, and your Instagram uh, for the guests. I mean, for, you know, for listeners. So they yeah, can for sure. They can check out Divinity Wellness on Instagram at Divinity Wellness, D-E-V-E-N-I-T-Y-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. -E -E um, and you can also go to divinitywellness.com to order the candles. Um, I do a subscription box option as well. So every month you can receive a candle, a crystal, a free yoga session virtually, and an energy reading um, all in one every month. Well, and let me... And I have a question because I've had like conversations with people uh, about this because I know there's some people that will see astrology as something that I guess gets in the way of religion or I get, yeah, if I can say gets in the way of religion or combats it in a way. And like, what, what would you say? What would you say towards those people? I would say that you really have to take things with your own experience because I feel like growing up, I grew up in a very Christian household, you know, um, but I also have my own personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we, we feel like sometimes like things have to be one or the other. And, you know, like I've had conversations with family members who are like, you know, like what are those crystals about? And I don't think that's right. And you know what I mean? Like all this stuff. And it's like, no, like even in the Bible, like the Bible talks about crystals. You know what I mean? If you look at the Bible, like 
the Bible talks about all of these natural feelings that like have just, you know, like we've lost touch with. And just because I feel like, I feel like right now we just live in a time where it's like, there's a difference between dogma, religion, and spirituality. And I feel like dogma tells you that, you know, you have to, you have to do this, you have to do that, and you have to do this because I said so, because I think the Bible said so. Mm-hmm. And I feel like spirituality is like your personal relationship with God, you know, because I don't necessarily feel that God is a God in the sky. I feel like truly, like really like God lives in you. Like a, there's a piece of God that lives in you, like mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I feel like a lot of Christians right now, I don't even want to say a lot of Christians, some Christians believe only in Jesus and the Father and like totally forget about the Holy Spirit and the fact that we are, we're spiritual beings. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're having a human experience right now, but we're spiritual beings, you know? And astrology, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like astrology really doesn't have anything bad to do with like against the Bible. Like, I'm sorry, but I just feel like astrology is like very, like it's more scientific, I would say, honestly, than like religious because it's literally what planet like what constellation what planet and other aspects of the universe you were born under so like when people say like what's your birth chart that means like so if you are born december 25th 1998 you know what i mean Mm -hmm. your your sun sign you know like your zodiac sign is capricorn you know what i mean like you're capricorn but that's because the moon, I mean, sorry, the sun was under the constellation of Capricorn at your birth. But the moon was under a certain sign, Venus was under a certain sign, and all these other planets were under a certain sign when you were born. You know, and that's just and that's just breaking it down. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like astrology is more so like where science and spirituality meet than necessarily like religion and spirituality. Mm-hmm. But to the people who say that, you know, that you that you can't believe in astrology or be spiritual and also religious. I feel like they should, you know, really, really sit on that and really like think to themselves, that, is that really what you believe or is that what you were led to believe? Mm-hmm. Because let's keep it a book. Pastors, priests, ministers are not perfect people. Like if we look at what's going on with the Catholic church and all of these priests who are you know sex offenders do we give them passes just because they can recite the bible Mm -hmm. okay you know what i mean like i think sometimes we we point the finger without realizing that every time you point the finger at somebody there's three pointing back at you like nobody's perfect i agree bro because i mean for me too, how I see it, because I'm very, I tell, I tell people now too, because I mean, when I was younger, because I used to go to private school, you know, I was I was Christian, and I think, you know, as I got older, Christian school, hey, gang. <laughs> yeah, no, and when I got, as I got older, and I kind of left private school, I was just like, you know, I kind of started breaking away from, I guess, church and just religion, and I, I'd already gotten my mom to start going, and my mom, you know. At the time, she was, we were going through a lot of rough stuff, and it helped and it helped her get out. And me and my mom basically see eye to eye. You know, now I'm grateful I'm not someone that kind of like never grew up 
on a church and I had it forced down to me as most, like, as I know most people have. Mm-hmm. And, but I love how like, you know, my mom is just someone that understands and like, and we'll see, and we see eye to eye with a lot of things and with a lot of, a lot of our views and our ideas. Um, so she knew like when I was, you know, break, kind of like breaking away from it, she was just like, you know, I'm not going to force anything on you, you know, you know, you'll come back to it, you know, or you'll find your place no matter what. And, and like, and just kind of like, as I got older, especially, you know, got into college and I, I remember taking a intro intro into world religions there I was just like I really started unpacking like all the other religions I was just and it started you know kind of like making sense to me I was just like yo I was like religion really is all about fit like and it's the same thing with you know you know if you if someone like is spiritual and you know someone is into like astrology and all that stuff it's like that's whatever makes you feel at peace with yourself and helps you get through daily lives like that's why I tell people, I'm like, I, I will never say I'm confined to one religion because it's like, I just know I'm spiritual. I know uh, my relationship with God has gotten a lot better too, uh, especially this year. I remember like this year has been, that, that's something that I would say that's upon another positive that has come out of this year for me personally, it's just like my relationship with God, with God has gotten stronger. And so, but it's just like, you know, it all, all that matters to me, that's what I tell people is like, all that matters is just like, it's my fit. Like I feel more comfortable where I'm at, where I have my own personal relationship. And I know other people, for other people, just like, yo, explore everything. Like, be educated on as much things as you can. Like, no one's saying you have to, if you're a Christian, no one's saying you have to just, like, you learn about Islam. No one's saying you have to, like, oh, automatically go to Islam. It's just like, there's so much knowledge in this world, and everything's about fit. And a lot of people don't have the opportunity to go explore that and find out, oh, what, what fits best for what I Man, man. And I think that you really hit on something powerful right now when you said that just because you learn about Islam does not mean you have to become a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if more people were to really like go out and like, if you are somebody who does not like Muslim people, like you're somebody who's Islamophobic, I think the number one thing you can do is go to dinner with a Muslim family and, you know, really immerse yourself you know, look up, actually read on the Quran and read on how peaceful of a religion it really is. Not even just that, not even to be biased and say, you know, that, that Islam is peaceful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. How about you realize that when people say Allah and when, Allah. People, right, and when Jewish people talk about their God and when Christian people talk about their God, they're all talking about one God, an Abrahamic God, because all three of those religions are Abrahamic religions. They just unfold in different ways. Their dogma is a different dogma on how they practice that religion and who and who they give their ultimate praise to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I just feel like we are so disconnected in the fact that, you know, we, we let other people's interpretations and other people's experience be our own. And that's really, and that's where I was getting at earlier when I said like, people who believe that, you know, astrology and religion can't be one, probably has never got their birth chart, like, read to them. Probably have never sat down to really understand the universe and, like, really see different planets and, like, read up on astrology themselves, like, without, you know, without believing in it one way or the other, just reading up on it, you know? Because I was, like, I was growing up, I knew I was a Scorpio, but, like, other than that, I didn't really know about astrology. Yeah. It wasn't until college, actually, that I really started, like, reading about astrology and, like, what it really meant and what it is until I was, like, wait, like, this actually matches up. Like, wait, 
what's, what's that moon sign? What's that mean? Wait, that actually makes sense. And like, I just started, you know, like really learning about different aspects of astrology, which led me to like, it was like a gateway into me learning more about spirituality and chakras and energy and like all that good, cool stuff. And like really realizing that, yeah, we're, we're on earth right now. Like we have like a physical reality right now, but we are really spiritual beings having a human experience. Like mm. this, like this, like, and that's one of the main reasons why I don't think we should be driven by money. And, you know, because you can't take it with you when you die. I feel like a lot of times, you know, people, I'm going to be real. I feel like a lot of times people are only religious because they're scared of going to hell. And because like college, for example, do we not have people that come saying, you know, Muslim people are going to hell. Uh, Mexicans are going to hell. Like, you know, like they, like there's these people that come to our campus with all this propaganda, but the God I serve, the Jesus Christ that died on the cross that I know is all about love and really is all about acceptance and forgiveness and walked with a prostitute, you know what I mean? And didn't judge people based on what they did, but how they were, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like we should get back to that aspect of religion, the aspect of religion that focuses on the glory of God and the, like the beauty of being saved versus hellfire. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people operate so, they operate like, like we were talking earlier, like it's so easy to brainwash people because they really don't have brains of their own. Like they really don't. Like if their pastor told them drinking pH water is the devil, they would never drink pH water again because the pastor says so. But the pastor is just somebody who's a who's really a prophet, who's really just there to explain his, you know, idea of God. Mm -hmm. But you are, you know, you're a child of God yourself. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit lives in you. So you should be able to have a personal relationship with God. You know what I mean? You you yeah. you better drink that pH water. Don't have. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and how I see it too. It's just like once I feel like once it really like religion really started getting politicized. That's I think that's when things kind of got a lot of things got twisted and a lot of things started going downhill. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's the only way I can see it. You know, it's just I don't know. Like that's the only way I can personally like. I guess where I could personally see it and make sense of it in a way, you know. Yeah. That's why I tell people I'm just like I don't think like I was like I really don't think religion and you know politics can really go hand in hand. Like I, I think it's just two two different things and shouldn't be incorporated or involved. It's like nah, cause it's just a lot of stuff. I mean, like you see how a lot of like like a lot of Republicans they know like they will okay so we're conservative we're conservative so we know the exact exact ideas where to attack and where to go like. Let's just focus on abortion and uh, what, like uh, immigration, and we'll we'll do that. And you know, they when they talk about abortion, they talk about they bring up the Bible and religion. I'm just like, like, and it's so interesting because it's like they bring up these topics. I feel like as distractions because the whole time while they have like these two groups arguing over if abortion is right or not, their pockets are getting loaded from lobbyists. You know what I mean? Like. They bring up these things to like get us all riled up because really like when it's all said and done, it's, you have your own autonomy to your body. Just because if like, if Joe doesn't necessarily believe in abortion, that's a good thing because he doesn't have to have one. And I don't mean Joe Biden. Like I just mean like a random, yeah. like 
if Mary doesn't believe in abortion, that's great because she doesn't have to get one. You know what I mean? But I feel like if we really believe in what America stands for, it is that right to choose. It's that right to say like, hey, you know, even though marijuana, I don't personally, you know, I don't want to smoke. It's good because then I don't have to smoke it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like that's how we should be across the board with so many things. But I feel like when you do have things like crime bills, you know, and you have things like the war on drugs where, you know, you know, Coke had to been implanted here from another country. You know what I mean? Crack had to be brought here from somewhere else. But we're going to we're going to make it illegal to do it. You know what I mean? Versus even like with prostitution, you know, we will send a prostitute to jail. But what about the men who partake in prostitution? Mm. You know what I mean? And same thing that goes on right now with human trafficking. Like these women who kill their their traffickers and who, you know, are able to get free and, you know, are seeking justice, they're the ones who are getting locked up. And I feel like those are the those are the things that our politicians should be focusing on. Like they should be focusing on really freeing the people. But instead it's like they're more focused on money. And because we're so upset as a people, you know, as a collective, we're not demanding the answers for the right things, you know. Mm. We're sitting here mad because it's like, man, we don't even know where to start with y'all. Like, <laughs> but it's like, we have to become more organized in our thought. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I said, like, these, these protests are amazing. Like, they're a great start, but we have to follow through. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you, when you go to shoot that three, you don't just, like, toss the ball in the air. You know, you have to follow through. Mm-hmm. You have to keep those, those hands, like, follow through. Written out. So, I feel like right now, like, you know, we've been shooting our threes, but we need to continue to follow through. Mm-hmm. We need to continue to follow through. Well, I don't want to end it before, you know, talking about your new single that's out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's been a wild ride, man. I am so happy to everybody that has streamed this song. I literally put it up like two or three weeks ago. And currently, I'm about to read you the stats right now. Um, I just checked them last night and it's just crazy the fact that I have had just Spotify alone, I've had 6,706 streams. Wow. Um, over the past three weeks, there have been 4,719 listeners across 21 countries, sorry, 23 countries now. And I never would have thought though, like I never would have thought that me dropping this song would have literally went across the border. I was like, okay, you know, I know, I know I got some people in LA that's gonna listen to it. I got homies in the Bay that's gonna keep it. And I'm in Atlanta, so I know I'm gonna hit three states. Mm-hmm. I heard that I think it was really about to hit 23 countries <laughs> in only a couple weeks. And it's just been awesome. So, you know, there's definitely gonna be more new music coming out. I have a feature with somebody that you know, somebody that a lot of your listeners know, uh, I can't say too much because it's not released yet and I'm just featured on the song, but we're going to come back to this interview when that song comes out. For sure. <laughs> heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it on Soul of the Game first. Uh, so that's just really exciting. And then also my EP is going to drop this year. Um, more new music to come. Um, I'm actually planning on dropping my next single sometime in September. Mm. Um, 
And so, yeah. So will there, and will there be another visual for, for that one? There's gonna be there's gonna be an actual music video. So the the visualizer for this one, you know, I was like, you know, it was quarantine, and I like I was like, okay, I want to learn a new skill. So like, I've been doing like animation, graphic design, cartoons, and like all that kind of stuff because like, I've always been into visual art. And it looked so, great, bro. It really looked great. I was like, who who did this? This is nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it was it was great. Like I actually directed the actual animation for the visualizer. Mm. And yeah, so. You know, just, yeah, definitely there's going to be a lot more visuals to come. Um, yeah, and then this is, so General Anxiety was like a, like an alternative trap rock kind of song. Um, but the next song that's going to be released is a whole different genre. Like, it's not, it's not that rock and roll, like, it's not, it's not that vibe, you know, because I really want to show my versatility when it comes to music. Um, and so, you know, the next couple of singles that are gonna drop are gonna be all different sounds. Like I really wanna showcase, you know, where I could take things. I'm bro, I'm excited to I'm excited to see because you I mean you are something you are someone for sure that I know one of the few people I know too with the jack of all trades. Like have a you can go into pretty much anything, you know, you've modeled, you know, making music, whole business owner. Like entrepreneur, like it's like you have, you have like set yourself up for a lot of success, bro. I'm excited to see where it goes. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate that for real. And then just you know, just again for the listeners, so you know, so they can find uh, your songs on Spotify or Apple Music. You know what, what what should they search? So you can search Debbie Da Vinci, or you can search General Anxiety. General Anxiety. <laughs> uh, on all platforms spotify apple music amazon google play iHeartRadio, um practically everywhere music is sold title mm. youtube you can check out my ig at debbie da vinci um you can watch the visualizer featured exclusively on my igtv and new music is coming soon no soon looks <laughs> like Man, it's great to hear from you again, bro. Uh, I don't know when you're coming back to to Cali, but, you know, or at least to SoCal, for sure, God, let me know. Um, but it, thank you again for, you know, hopping on to Soul of the Game and being a guest. It was a great episode. Like I said, like I told you, it was going to be a good-ass episode, so. Good episode. <laughs> Got into a lot of different things, you know. I can't wait to listen back and hear us go off. <laughs> now we talked about, yeah, and then just everything moves so smoothly, too, so it was perfect. Yeah. But, you know, any last words you want to say? Um, you know, I just hope everybody really does go out and vote. Um, if you would like to check out my resource guide, it's free. Um, you can get the PDF free on DaVinci1998.com. Um, I'm also going to be partnering with a lot of community organizations to really get this out. Um, this is like my first ever published book. Um, and I just really hope that it makes an impact. Like, I just hope one person hears this and is able to check it out because it's really important for us to use our voice. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much, Kim, for having me on. Like, this has been such a dope time. Right. Yeah, again, thank you again for, you know, coming on to the show, bro. I really appreciate it. All right, thank you, everyone, for, you know, listening. Um, sure, more episodes coming. Devin Dickens will for sure be on the show again because, you know, we got to get this single. 
Just <laughs> pop back. I'll be back. All right, y'all. Everyone have a good day and a good week. All right. Again, thank you for tuning in to Solve the Game.